You're listening to the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan today with Chris Parliament getting you set for tonight's home matchup against the New York Rangers. The Belleville Senators also in action. They begin a road back-to-back in Binghamton against Corey Schneider and the Devils. Lots of line shuffling. We'll get into all that and more. This is Locked On Senators. Today is November 22nd, and I have no idea who will be playing defense for the Ottawa Senators tonight. And according to TSN 1200's tweet from earlier this morning, Ross, neither does DJ Smith saying he wasn't quite sure at the morning skate what the pairings were going to be like. Obviously, there's a couple of guys out in Branstrom hurt his hand. It doesn't seem like that'll be long term. Golubev left the morning skate, nobody knows why, and Zaitsev, more personal reasons on the Senators, he's back to Russia today. Yeah, he'll be back on Monday, expected to be in the lineup against Columbus, so instead of focusing on who's out, let's focus on who's there. There's Shabbat, Hainsey, Boro, DeMello, four defensemen who have played regularly all season, and the two kids, Max Lajoie and Christian Yarosh, both spent a large part of last season in the National Hockey League, 61 games for Yarosh, 56 for Lajoie. But they're two guys I think could have benefited from more time in the AHL. Neither of them were really um, exceptional. Uh, Lajoie with no goals, five assists, a minus seven rating through 17 games, whereas Yarosh missed three games due to an injury. He had six points plus three. Neither of them have been really been dominant, and I expected that their NHL experience from last year would really benefit them in the minors, but it hasn't been the case. But, of course, injuries happen. They've forced um, Dorian to make the decision to call them up. How how much ice time do you think these guys are going to get? I, I know Smith said we're going to see a lot of different pairs, maybe have a, a vet with a young guy every time they go out. Um, are you expecting them to get a regular shift here tonight? Uh, it's tough because it's if it was one guy, you can kind of shade him and keep him in the background. But when it's two guys, it's definitely going to be tougher. I expect uh, Christian Yarosh to be playing a couple more minutes tonight. And if we go back to the start of the season, we were all kind of surprised that he was a send, he was sent down to the minors. But again, he hasn't done much, like you were saying, down there. I liked his game last year because even though we were high on him in seasons past about maybe adding some offense to his game, I thought he and Boro added a nice healthy punch on the back end for a team that was lacking some of it last year. I expect him to be a uh, be a guy that's kind of throwing the body around tonight. And people forget, for his size, he's got very good foot speed. So maybe tonight he can take advantage of the opportunity. So if you're asking how much minutes they'll play, I don't think either of them will see above 12. I think it'll be a real workmanlike performance from guys like DeMello and Shabbat tonight. But uh, I expect... Yarosh to probably get a couple more minutes you in the same boat yeah I'd say so I think Boro's going to take on a larger role we'll probably see him up over 20 minutes tonight I've loved the Boro DeMello I haven't been shy to say that on the podcast I've just loved both their games this season so uh, I'm okay with them getting elevated minutes and uh, Hainsey I think will be the guy that's kind of rolling through playing with either Shabbat Lajoie or Yarosh uh, here as the game unfolds uh thing about Yarosh as well you mentioned his foot speed and his his kind of knack for throwing the body no real big hits in the, in the games that I've seen down in Belleville this year. Um, but we do know that's a part of his game. He also makes a really good first pass, uh, whereas Lajoie is more of your offensive defenseman. We know he wowed Sens fans with seven points in his first six games last year. 
And then he was paired with Cody Cece and had eight in his final 50. He played his last game on February 22nd before being sent down. Only played three games in the minors before suffering an injury, required surgery. So uh, his season was ended prematurely. Whereas Yarosh, he was a healthy scratch for for, uh, 21 games last season, but was in the NHL for the entirety of it. So he knows what NHL competition is all about. And uh, I think he'll be raring to go. I'm expecting a bit more from Yarosh then Lajoie. Are you in the same boat on that one? Yeah, for sure. I think he's going to, he's kind of got that game that translates well across all uh, hockey professionally. Uh, I think if you're able to skate well and play physically, you're going to get yourself into a game a little easier. Whereas in limited minutes, a guy like Lajoie who needs the puck on his stick to feel like he's part of the game. I'm not sure he's going to have that opportunity tonight. And I hate saying it. And we've said it a couple times in the podcast on days like today when you got Branch remote, Golubev leaving practice early and Zaitsev heading to Russia, uh, tonight's that I think Lajoie in the lineup's kind of, he's got a pulse, he's a warm body, you got to get him out there because you got to have guys that are able to hop into the lineup and play. So definitely think Yarosh will have uh, more of an opportunity tonight. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Another thing, Ross, that I was interested in as well with um, Nemestikov being hurt, it's going to be interesting to see what's going on up front because with uh, Colin White on the wing, I would have liked to see uh, the centers stay the same as they were last game with Chris Tierney down, even though he had that nice outlast pass to uh, Brady in overtime against Montreal there. I would have liked to see Schlappett go up in the lineup, play on the wing beside Colin White. He's a speed guy. I think he kind of plays a similar game to Nemestikov. Obviously doesn't have the same pro uh, history that Nemestikov has, but uh, moving White to a wing is a little bit of a head-scratcher to me. And Pilser, Piller said on the pa- on the pod in the past that uh, it's last. Yeah, I struggled through it too, didn't I? Uh, Piller said that maybe he would have liked to seen Schlappick get showcased for a trade because his... Yeah, he loves lineup. the idea of trading Schlappick. Yeah, so I'm interested in what you think about that, White moving to a wing uh, instead of staying down the middle tonight. Well, yeah, just to get uh, the the last bit of uh, lineup news with all the shuffling today, uh, J.C. Bodank called back up as well. He'll center that fourth line, moving yep. uh, Tierney up and White to the wing. Uh, that line was great against Montreal. That was kind of um, what D.J. Smith was saying, is that he wanted to keep um, Tierney between Ennis and White. And then, I mean, fourth line just full of kids. So what's the over-under on time? They're going to play maybe seven, eight minutes. I don't think yeah. it's going to be as much as they should, but... Uh, Schlappick, his game has been great. We've talked about him, yeah, on numerous pods. I think that uh, he's definitely graduated the AHL. It's just a matter of fitting him in uh, to an NHL role that that best suits him and the way he's producing in recent weeks. I mean, I think he's found a nice little niche there on the fourth line. So I have no problem with where he is right now. Uh, I I think Bodin is the the safe call up, wanting especially with the depleted defense, wanting to leave Josh Norris, wanting to leave um, Drake Batherson. And and just kind of giving Bode another look because he actually I will preview from more ex- getting into this exact game tonight. But Bode had his uh, first and only career fight against the New York Rangers, so he brings a bit of jam there on the fourth line. And uh, I'm excited to see what he can do. Physical on both ends too. A guy that doesn't shy away from banging bodies, and he's able to keep his feet moving. I don't think pace of play is any problem for Bode at the NHL level. So I agree. I think he was the call up where. Uh, you're not really trying to force anything. You're not sure how long the stay is going to be, so why bring up a guy like Drake Batherson for a taste when he's already been up? Let him keep rolling at the AHL level. And, uh, yeah, I agree. Move Bodine up is kind of the uh, the move to make there, and I liked it. So to recap 
from the last game. Zaitsev out. Nemesnikov out. Yarosh Lajoie in. Sorry, Golubev also out. So Yarosh Lajoie, Baudin in. They're going to be able to treat themselves to some per diem if they come out. And you can treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners get $5 off their first order of $15 or more. All you got to do is download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked on. That's the DoorDash app. Enter promo code Locked On. Listening on the go. If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all of our other offers from Locked On sponsors at lockedonpodcast.com/offers. That's lockedonpodcast.com/offers. Now we talked about all these defensemen coming up from Belleville. That creates a ripple effect. The poor Belleville Senators. There's no signed defenseman from Ottawa left in Belleville. They're down to six healthy defensemen. Three on a professional tryout. One on an East Coast call-up. One AHL contract. And a one AHL East Coast contract. So you got to pray for good health. And you might ask, what about Andreas Anglin? Well, he's been hurt out of the lineup as well. So he's not available for them. Um, what, does this, what does this mean for Belleville as they go into a back-to-back on the road this weekend? Well, it's obviously not ideal, Ross. Let's start there. Uh, I mean, when things happen at the NHL level, obviously that's what the AHL is there for. But a team that's kind of struggling in the North Division right now, sitting uh, tied for dead last, I think we just were talking about off air. That's uh, that's a tough pill to swallow for them depth chart wise. And Troy Mann's definitely got his work cut out for him tonight behind the bench. But they did go out and they did sign Tom Parisi to a PTO, 26 years old played 13 games in the East Coast League, and he's doing well down there putting up points. I mean, uh, it's going to be a bit of a shift coming to the AHL level, but he does have five goals and 12 points, and that's tied for fourth most in the league down there. So, I mean, he kind of earned the the call-up, I guess, if you will, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what he brings. But, yeah, again, we talked about it with Lejoie having to move to the NHL level because just a lack of bodies. This is definitely a lack of bodies move, but something had to be done, and they went out and got it done. Yeah, they're in Binghamton tonight. I mentioned off the top of the show playing against Corey Schneider. Funny enough, Corey Schneider, when he was on his conditioning stint last year, actually played against Belleville, played well, made 22 saves and got the victory. But he'll be a boost, you would think, to Binghamton, who is tied with Belleville at the bottom of the North Division standings. Binghamton has played one more game than Belleville. So hard to call it a must-win this early in the season, but Belleville obviously way far behind where they thought they would be with just 17 points. The... uh, Division leading Toronto Marlies have 25 points. So you don't want that gap to get too large. And uh, this would be a good start here to kind of beat up on Binghamton and uh, push themselves out of the basement of that that division. Yeah, you got to start somewhere. I mean, it seems as though you said it's kind of happening all the a wrong time right now, especially with a back-to-back on the road. But also, it's not like Belleville is struggling to score goals. And uh, I think Philip Gustafson's having a bit of a tough start to the AHL season down there. Uh, a lot of people are expecting a lot more from the young kids. So losing defensemen and having kind of a revolving door in front of you, uh, adding that to the timing of a back-to-back on the road, as we've mentioned, it's just tough to see for a guy like that 
Uh, one thing I did want to mention, though, Ross, is there's probably a little bit of panic in listeners when we talk about Senators having nobody signed in Belleville right now, especially with what's going on at the NHL level, some questions being asked there. I think it's time to relax a little bit and remember that there's a lot coming in the pipeline defensively. And they're just not in the pro rankings yet. So let's take a look at Jonathan Bernard Docker just to stay a little more positive. So far, he's played 11 games for North Dakota and he's got nine points. That's eight assists. So there's something to be excited about. And well, you think you'd at... have his name down by now then? What did I say? He said Jonathan. You'll live though. It is Jacob. My bad. <laughs> You'll live. Hey, those stats still speak for themselves. And he might be uh, earning himself a spot on Team Canada, you think? Oh, for sure. And it might not be. I remember talking last year around this time saying, well, hopefully he gets a call. That would be good for him just to go and be there. I think this year he's got a shot at being a guy that's playing 17 minutes for him, especially if he's putting up numbers like that. Uh, I think a lot of times that Canadian teams take a little bit more of a look at the CHL. But, I mean, if you're putting up numbers like that, it'll be a nice surprise for OHL coaches and coaches that are in Canada that when he comes over and they don't see him as much when he's playing down there. Another guy to remember about is Lassie Thompson. Got that name right, right? Sure did. <laughs> he's played 15 games this year, and he's got three goals and three assists. That's obviously good for six points, if my math is correct. And that's playing against men. So there is help coming in the pipeline. Don't, uh, don't freak out yet, but uh, if you're in Belleville... Maybe it is time to freak out. Yeah, and there's one other signed defenseman who's playing over in Europe, and he signed that two-year contract knowing that he was going to go and play one more year for Jurgard in the Swedish Hockey League, and that's Ole Alsing. Um, and he's been putting up a massive amount of points. He's 23, so when he comes over next year, he'll be 24, and I think really pushing for an NHL role rather than going to Belleville. But, of course, his play will dictate that. He's got 14 points in 20 games here as a defenseman. So uh, another Swedish um, defenseman, left-hand shot, who uh, might be able to make his North American debut next season. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely hope coming. And with more draft picks and everything coming along the way, that that stockpile will definitely grow down there in Belleville. I think that the right side of the the defense is going to be good for years to come now with guys like this coming through. So... I mean, we can say what we want about Belleville right now. Again, timing is poor, but something you got to deal with at the NHL level. And uh, I don't think we're worried about a playoff position right now for either of these squads. So it's a little early for that. I thought we, I think we'd thought Belleville would be a little further, but uh, right now it's going to be a tough one. Now focusing on what's right ahead for the Ottawa Senators, it's the third and final meeting of in the season between the um, New York Rangers and the Ottawa Senators. The first matchup, 4-1 loss, where Mika Zibanejad just had his way with the Ottawa Senators. And then Ottawa actually earned their first road win of the season at MSG, a 6-2 victory there. Um, That was the game where we mentioned it was, was, I think, 9-1 were the shots for, for the Rangers in the early going. They got off to the lead, and... I'm not going to surprise you with this, but Jean-Gabriel Peugeot had two goals in that game. And in the first period, some old-time hockey, a couple fights. Uh, we mentioned J.C. Bode and Anthony D'Angelo got into it, and then Mark Borowiecki fought Brendan Lemieux. I think it was just like five minutes later. Um, so that there was definitely some old-school aspect to that one, and Ottawa went off and scored five unanswered goals after the uh, Rangers opened the scoring. Panarin got them back to within... Uh, three with a power play goal late in the second, and then Domestikov put it away early in the third period. So that was great to see Ottawa get the win in that one. I'd say, though, the Rangers are a step further 
uh, in their rebuild, of course, adding guys with big salaries. Uh, it seems to be paying off for them, though, no? Oh, absolutely. And you talk about Panarin scoring in the last game. That was probably part of this 12-game point streak that he's riding right now. He's been absolutely lights out. A uh, couple of quotes I was reading up on the Rangers today, kind of familiarizing, and some of the quotes coming out of that locker room were players saying he had otherworldly skill set. And some of the times when he has the puck, he does seem like he can just buzz around out there as a puck on a string, an old hockey cliche for you, but he's uh, he's been getting it done, and he's you give him the extra space. I think tonight will be a big game where if the Sens need to stay out of the box, giving that guy extra room on the power play is just kind of shooting yourself in the foot. And uh, Capo Caco, I mean, we're talking timing a lot on this, but if you're going to get your first ever second overall pick as a franchise, you're uh, lucking out when a guy like Capo Caco falls into your lap, and he has had uh, he had two assists in the last game, so he's starting to get it going as well and using his size so it'll be fun to watch him play tonight but yeah playing against the top line is kind of a trend that the senators have been been struggling with um playing against the skill level against them so i think tonight we talked about who we think is going to be getting a lot of minutes i think we see Demello up with uh thomas shabbat on that top unit who do you think well it's going to be such a mishmash of guys i wouldn't even be surprised if we see um DeMello and Boro but they they spread it out a little bit too so let's just quickly run through uh to familiarize yourself with the Rangers lineup Ryan Strom tenors the top line uh between Panarin and Jesper Fast then it's Philip Hedl between Bushnevich and Kreider pretty fast line there third mm-hmm. line they got Brett Howden between Capo Caco and Brendan Lemieux a guy who likes to get into the corners the dirty areas the son of Claude Lemieux I'm sure everyone knows them and then the fourth line just uh, kind of a bunch of career AHLers in terms of Greg McKegg and Tim Gettinger. And then uh, they, they've got Brendan Smith here lined up on, on a forward unit, according to Daily yeah. Faceoff. On he's the back been playing end. some forward lines, and he's making $4 million. So if he's not going to make it on the blue line, uh, I don't think you want that uh, Allo Wade Redden little Sens Rangers history there. But uh, <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> well, they, they, don't have room for, they don't have room for him on the back end because that's where the youth movement has really started. Libor Hayek, a guy they got in that Ryan McDonough trade, he's t- up on the top unit with Jacob Truba. Second unit, Brady Shea, probably the veteran at 24, 25 years old. Uh, of the back end with Anthony D'Angelo. And a guy who I was really impressed with when I was at Madison Square Garden last week was Adam Fox. Of course, the guy yeah. drafted by Carolina just tore it up at Harvard. If you want to see some impressive numbers, check out his hockey DB. And then, um, yeah, he runs the the Rangers' top power play unit now because he said to the Carolina, he said, I'll just go back to Harvard if you guys want to keep holding my rights. And uh, they ended up working out a deal with the Rangers. Of course, the Long Island kid wanted to play at home. And uh, I guess kids these days can kind of decide where they want to play when they're that good. So uh, Adam Fox, number 23, somebody to keep your eye on. But, of course, this is locked on Senators. So we're going to back, get back on track with the Sens. What are you hoping to see out of them tonight to earn the big two points? Well, I think watching the last couple games, a trend has started to pop up for the Senators. And I wrote it on the whiteboard in my room with a couple stars beside it because it seems to be what's going right for them when they're winning games. And that's their gap control at their own blue line. And sometimes they play a little softer and they have to they get a little backed off and the zone entry is so clean for the other team. And that's when you start to see the shot numbers pile up against Senators. And that's where you see Anders Nielsen or Craig Anderson have to play at the top of their game to hold them in games. So tonight, it's going to be even tougher when the kids come in and there's a lot of changes on the blue line. So tonight, to not fall victim of that, I think they just need to play super simple. 
just step up. I remember back in the one three one system, the left side guy always stepped up and stopped the play early. I think that's what needs to happen tonight. You got good skaters in the lineup on the back end. Yarosh being one of them, but he's a big guy too. So I think you need to step up, stop that early, force those guys to throw the puck in deep, and then get in there and win some battles. Really the only spot where you've got some good consistency in this lineup is down the middle through the top three lines. So force your centerman to get down low, play well in the corners, and then get the puck out of your zone quickly. Simple is going to be the way to win it tonight, I think, Ross. I don't know who's starting in net, but Alexander Gorgiev played really well against the Senators in the, the first time they met. And, it's kind of funny seeing Lundqvist kind of staple to the bench at this point in his career. Yeah, my my buddy is a big Rangers fan, and as much as it pains him to say, I think he says it every time they play, just get Hank out of there. Give him a shot to win something and let these young kids come up. Because let's not forget, Shostorkin's knocking on the door in the AHL, and who's the best team in the AHL right now? Yeah, it's the heart for Wolfpack, 11-2. and two. Yeah, so they've got some talent down there. You said they're a step ahead in their uh, process in the rebuild, and I'm going to agree with that. But Ross, another thing that's been uh, pretty that was pretty interesting in the Senators' last game, as we get back to them, was playing a division rival in the second half of a back-to-back for both teams. You expect a little more bite instead of just speed and skill kind of coming through, but there wasn't much of it. You mentioned it last game against the Rangers. There was definitely some bite. J.C. Boudin, you said he fought. Boro fought as well, but let's focus on our boy Brady Kachuk here because he finished with two points and two minor penalties, but it was what he did to the other team. You mentioned Claude Lemieux's son, Brendan. Not very surprising that he's kind of a guy that plays physically and kind of has that rat style of play to his game. At the end of the game, Brady baited him into a 10-minute misconduct and he finished the game with 17 minutes in penalties. And Jacob Truba, the guy who's on the top line on defense for the Rangers, he took four minutes in penalties as well. And I remember almost after every play, Truba was in the face of Brady, and Brady did what he did best, playing mind games and just slowing the game down, forcing him to take penalties. So that will definitely be a guy to watch tonight. Also, Brady Kachuk is the only player to score in both games against the Rangers so far this season. Yeah, yeah, I love the little feud he's got with Brendan Lemieux. Brendan Lemieux is not a guy to back down, and there are a couple woos going his way, and you, you mentioned yeah. just baiting him into the uh, the old 10-minute misconduct. So I wonder if that'll continue tonight. Uh, something to keep an eye on. So, yeah, it's kind of a strange week for the Sens, starting on, on a back-to-back Tuesday, Wednesday, then Friday, and then not playing again. Uh, until Monday in Columbus. So I guess for Zaitsev, it probably worked out well being able to go back to Russia and, and only missing the one game and being able to be gone for, for five days, assuming that he left yesterday. Hopefully, I mean, it couldn't have come at a better time in terms of uh, of these injuries on the back end. But lots uh, lots to digest here as we uh, as we tune off for, for this evening and get set for tonight's game. We'll be back tomorrow morning to break it all down on Locked On Senators for Chris Parliament. I'm Ross Levitan. Go, Sens, go.